The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It shouldn't be a controversy. It should be a conversation. Because of this virus and testing positive, I have to miss 10 days. Again, the scientifics of that arbitrary number is whatever. I feel really good, and if this were the flu, there's no reason I wouldn't play on Sunday. Um, especially the way I feel right now. That being said, I'm very excited for Jordan. I have had conversations with him. It's going to be very strange to watch the game uh, without being there. Just my third time ever watching a game on TV. I hope that we can take a step back, quit lying, quit with the you know the witch hunt and the canceling, and realize this is a conversation to be had, not a controversy. And let's move this forward with some love and connection. That's what we need in this world. This things that we don't agree with or understand. When we don't agree or understand with each other, let's communicate instead of initially just canceling someone, silencing someone. Friday edition of PFTPM, another Friday closer to death. And after listening to Aaron Rodgers today, it can't come soon enough. Hello, Miles. <laughs> Jesus, Mike. Lordy, what a week it's been, man. Oh, my gosh. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to 6 p.m. Eastern for my bourbon appointment. I need it. <laughs> yeah, that's 3 p.m. Pacific time. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, but not in Santa Monica. So you're going to have to wait two hours. And I have a suggestion for you. You can oh. fill that two hours exactly. By dialing up Peacock and watching Back to the Future, because today is the day in 1955, courtesy of our friend Rex Chapman, that Dr. Emmett Brown fell off of the tub and hit his head on the sink, I think it was, and got the idea for the flux capacitor, the thing that permits time travel. And we never got many details from Dr. Brown about how the flux capacitor allows for time travel, which is fitting because we didn't get many details from Aaron Rodgers today about what how whatever he what did to, to become immunized allowed <laughs> him to be immunized. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know where to start. I don't, I don't know where man. to start. I know where I'd like to finish. I'd like to just walk away. I've been dealing with it. <laughs> Let me just peel back the curtain a little bit. Let me just peel back the curtain before we proceed. Here's... The, the rhythm that I've developed to my life. I sleep five hours at night during the week and I take a one hour nap in the afternoon. And I picked a hell of an hour to take the nap today. <laughs> because for that hour, Aaron Rodgers was speaking to Pat McAfee and AJ Hawk. So I wake up and I check my phone, you know, as you're kind of coming out of it. And I look at the number of texts and it's like 130 what the hell? Are the missiles in the air? What's going on? And, uh, yeah, so it's been three hours since then of processing it, dealing with it. I was on MSNBC. I did the Playmakers podcast, which is available only to the people who 
pre-order the book Playmakers, by the way, and uh, wrote some stuff about it, thought about it, and now here we are, Miles. So it's been a crazy afternoon. I, I just Let me start with the clip that we played on the way in. I, this idea that there's a woke mob and cancel culture that's coming for Aaron Rodgers, I, I think he's paranoid. I, he's not getting canceled. Who's right. canceling Aaron Rodgers? I don't Who know. Who is it? Who is it? Let's, do we have more on Aaron Rodgers whining about woke mob cancel culture? L- let's hear it. I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. So before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture uh, casket, I think I'd like to set the record straight on so many of the uh, blatant lies that are out there about myself right now. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to tell my side of the story on here. First of all, I didn't lie in the initial press conference. Uh, during that time, it was a very, uh, you know, witch hunt uh, that was going on across the league where everybody in the media was so concerned about who was vaccinated and who wasn't and what that meant and who was being selfish and who would talk about it and what it meant if they said it's a personal decision. They should, shouldn't have to disclose their own uh, medical information and whatnot. And at the time, my plan was to say that I've been immunized. Um, it wasn't uh, some sort of ruse or lie. It was the truth. And I'll get into the whole immunization in, in a second. But uh, had there been a follow-up to my statement that I've been immunized, I would have responded uh, with this. I would have said, look, um, I'm not uh, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther. Um, I, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me. I marched to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body. In actuality, it was pretty easy in, in the beginning to eliminate two of them. And it didn't involve going into the questionable history of some of their uh, criminal activities and fraud cases or any of that stuff. Huh. It was simply the fact that I have uh, an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccines. Um, okay, there was a lot there and a lot to unpack. There was. And yeah, Miles, I'll, let me go ahead. I'll give you first crack at it because I've been saying okay. a lot. What's your reaction okay. to what we just heard? Uh, well, the, what he said about if there had been a follow up, he's full of crap because I went back and I watched that press conference this afternoon. And the next question was about, hey, wh- why did you decide to make that choice? Was it about setting an example? Because the reporter and I don't know the reporter's name, unfortunately, I would shout them out here. But they said, you know, the, the, the Minnesota Kirk Cousins has talked about, you know, being enclosed in plexiglass. And there's been reports that New England wasn't that happy with Cam Newton's choice to not get vaccinated. So for you, was it about setting an example? Was it important to make sure that you're going to be available and maybe set an example from that standpoint? And he said, no, it wasn't about that at all. And then he went into a couple other things and he says, oh, well, there's been a lot of research into that. And then he complained about the testing schedule. So if, when he starts talking about the fact, oh, well, if they had asked me something about whether I've been immunized and what it meant to be immunized, he's full of crap. All right. And that's just one thing of the many things that he said in that 46 minute diatribe of misinformation that basically went unchecked. 
which is frankly dangerous and wrong for so many different reasons. But that's just one thing that we can start off right there by saying like, no, that's not true. And you know what? If you want to say that, oh, they should have given me a follow up, like that's ridiculous. And it's a lie. It is. And that's a great point to continue the press conference, something I hadn't done yet. So credit to you for doing that. I mean, for me, it was enough to hear him say, yeah, I've been immunized when he's asked, are you vaccinated? And then to say, you know, to my teammates who aren't vaccinated, I'm not going to judge them. But to the extent that he put another nail in his own lying off his ass casket, good. And I'm glad that you said that. And it's something that merits further study. I'm going to go back and listen to the whole press conference myself because this isn't about cancellation. This isn't about woke mob. That is a lazy term that is thrown around by people who don't want to be held accountable for their words or actions. Oh, oh, woke mobs coming after me. Well, no, it's not a woke mob. It's people who are concerned about folks telling the truth. And he didn't tell the truth. He was asked a direct question. He played a stupid game. It reminded me, and Miles, this is way, way, way before your time. There was an episode of the Brady Bunch back in the early 70s where Greg Brady was quick to point out to his father, those weren't your exact words, and we need to use our exact words. And this is what happens, Miles, when someone thinks they're the smartest guy in the room, because I guarantee you there's always someone smarter than you. The worst thing you can do is think you're smarter than everyone, and you've outfoxed them all, and you've won this game of verbal chess, and hey, they didn't say the magic word. It's offensive that he would think that that was the truth that what he said was the truth. And he said blatant lies are being told about him. What are the blatant lies? The only (laughs) thing that we're saying is he's a liar. He's a liar. (laughs) I'm not making any judgment about Aaron Rodgers other than the fact that he is a big, fat liar, that he lied about being vaccinated because he didn't want to be criticized, not because he didn't want to be canceled or he's afraid of the woke mob or he didn't want to wade into a controversial issue. He didn't want to be criticized. And he knew that he's more likely to be criticized if he creates the impression that he isn't vaccinated than if he creates the impression that he is. It's that simple. Yes, it is that simple. And, you know, the other part of this is it's a public health issue, right? We're not just talking about, oh, my gosh, he didn't tell the truth about what route Devontae Adams ran and why he threw an interception. No, this is a matter of public health. And frankly, it's a matter of life and death for people. Listen, when you are in the room um, unvaccinated and without a mask, part of the reason why we have these rules in place is to protect others. And then he starts talking about you've got the classic anti-vax line. Well, oh, if you're vaccinated, then why do why does it matter that I'm not <laughs> and I am getting tested every single day? It's like, dude, like, part of the reason why the COVID existed last year. Well, I mean, my gosh. But like, if you think about what we were going through last year and why the rules were the way they were and why it is that unvaccinated players have to be on the COVID list for five days. And again, this was the rule all last year. It's because you may you may not test positive even though you're shedding virus. That is the entire point of it, right? So if you are vaccinated, and this is from the CDC, it's not Miles Simmons saying this. This is epidemiologists from around the world, the leads top virologists are saying this, right? That if you are vaccinated, you shed less virus. That is a whole point. You are less likely if you are vaccinated to have serious illness or death. 
So that's why, even though you get tested every day as an unvaccinated person, you're supposed to be wearing a mask in these places where you're indoors because the virus spreads much quicker indoors and is much easier to spread indoors. And if you are unvaccinated, you may be shedding virus, even though you have not tested positive yet. It was, man, Mike, oh my God. At 46 minutes, man, it just, it was crazy. It was crazy. I'm still stunned. <laughs> I, look, I'm I'm so discombobulated. Look at my hair. I didn't get my toupee on right. It's I gotta uh, get I gotta fix the uh, barely have time to shave. Hair here. I didn't I didn't I didn't shave. I didn't put on makeup. <laughs> I didn't fix my toupee. It's been a crazy day. Let's hear more from Aaron Rodgers because Miles Simmons and I already need to take a breather. We Not do. that it's going to be a stress free breather because we get to listen to more BS from Aaron Rodgers. Here he is on knowing and following the rules that apply to those who aren't vaccinated. The organization knew exactly what my status was. My teammates knew exactly what my status was. There was uh, nothing that was hidden. Um, during the time uh, of preseason was during the time of the appeal. I thought actually at various times I was going to win the appeal. Um, uh, and I think that people said I'd wear a mask during the preseason. Um, but I don't, I mean, some of the rules to me are not based in science at all. They're based purely in trying to out and shame people, like needing to wear a mask uh, at a podium when every person in the room is vaccinated and wearing a mask makes no sense to me. If you got vaccinated to, you know, to protect yourself from a virus that I don't have as an unvaccinated individual, then why are you worried about anything that I can give you? And let me let me hit on protocols now because that's obviously been out there as well. I have followed every single protocol to a T, minus that one I just mentioned, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, other than not wearing a mask in a media room where he's required to wear a mask, and he didn't mention the Halloween party. And look, I, I said this earlier today, I, I can't blame... Pat McAfee for not asking him tough questions. I credit Pat McAfee for creating an environment where Aaron Rodgers is comfortable sitting down for 50 minutes and spewing verbal diarrhea that we can all react to. So thank you, Pat, for just letting him go. Thank you for letting him see, letting us see what he has to say so we can react to it. But, you know, Miles, he didn't mention the Halloween party. That's a blatant violation of the rules. And the idea that he can pick and choose what rules he's going to follow, let's be clear on this. This is a joint NFL-NFLPA set of protocols. The league and the union, there he is at the Halloween party, unmasked. The league and the union agreed to these protocols. And just because you don't like them doesn't mean that you don't follow them. If you're going to unretire, or not, or not retire, excuse me, he was considering retirement up to three days before the start of camp. If you're not going to retire and you're going to show up, and I'd love to know if the COVID protocols were one of the reasons why I was thinking about retiring. Hmm? Maybe he was because yeah. he didn't want to comply. You, you either comply or you retire. Right. And these rules were developed by – because he said at one point, Miles, I didn't sign anything. I didn't agree to anything. You're part of a union. You don't have to. Your union agreed for you. So you either accept the rules or get the hell out. That's it. It's that simple. You don't get to pick and choose and then hide behind Martin Luther King Jr. to justify oh, this. Bra- Thank you for your service, Aaron. Thank you. You're so brave. You're so noble. You're so honorable. 
that you can invoke Martin Luther King Jr. to support you doing what you wanted to do because you didn't want to wear a mask because you think masks are stupid. Can we roll that clip? Because I want, I, want to, I want people to really hear what he said in case they didn't before we really react to that, because that was one of the things that really got me. Let's do it. It's coming. Aaron Rodgers on Martin Luther King. The great MLK said that you have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules and rules that make no sense. In my opinion, it makes no sense for me. I test every single day, every single day. So we play in Arizona on Thursday. We come back. Guys leave for the weekend. I don't. We test every single day, right? Early in the morning. If I test in the morning and I wear a mask the entire facility and you want me to wear a mask just to shame me that I'm not vaccinated, to continue to perpetuate a story that I'm not vaccinated, in, in a room where the only way you can get in that room is if you're fully vaccinated against a virus that I don't have as a non-vaccinated person. Not to mention, you're sitting more than six feet away from me, in most cases, at least 20 feet away from me. Where's the science in that? Where's the science in that that says, oh, that makes perfect sense? So it was my opinion that that wasn't rooted in any science. Every other protocol I followed to the T. Okay, fine, fine. But it's not for you to decide which protocols you're going to follow and not follow. Now, it's a lot easier when the team is already so afraid of the delicate genius that they don't want to alienate him any more than they have because he's already upset with the team. So they're not going to chase him around and say, you got to wear your mask, you got to wear your mask, you got to wear your mask, we're going to fine you. See, he fell into a perfect spot where he could do whatever the hell he wanted and the team wasn't going to do anything about it and it was going to work. The one flaw in the plan was testing positive. If he'd yes. never tested positive, it never would have collapsed. The house of cards would have remained intact. But the gust of wind that knocked it down was him testing positive. And this stuff about MLK and we have a duty to object to unjust rules, then object to them. But ultimately, you have to choose. Am I going to follow it or am I going to quit playing football because that's the only way I can exempt myself from the application of these rules? Well, the real quote, and I'm going to quote it because our colleague Michael David Smith pointed it out on Twitter, is one has not only a legal but moral responsibility to obey just laws. Conversely, one has a moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. So it's not about just not following rules that don't make any sense to you. Right. That's not what this is. It's about laws. Right. That's what Martin Luther King Jr. was talking about. And to, for him to invoke Martin Luther King Jr.'s name when he's talking about this, when it's a matter of public health and public safety is despicable and ludicrous to me. I don't like it. I hate it, actually. And I think it's gross. All right. And that's just one of the things that he was talking about where he gets all indignant. And now he decides that because his opinion is that it's not based in science when he's a quarterback. Okay, and I don't know about you, Mike, but I wouldn't trust anybody that's, you know, never thrown a football before, even if they've written 500 pages or discovered 500 pages or whatever kind of 500 page report that he had about playing quarterback. Right. If you've never thrown a football, would you trust that guy as to how you're going to go out there and play quarterback? Of course, you're not going to do that. 
because these people who have done all the research, right? These virologists, these doctors, these scientists, these epidemiologists, they know what they're talking about because they've dedicated their life to the craft. You know, this is like them. You wouldn't ask one of them how to play quarterback. So why are you tr not trusting them when it comes to the virus, man, and how to combat this virus? And then when he starts talking, oh, the doctor, they brought in some kook, you know, uh, some, some guy, you know, whatever. Like, well, wait a minute. You believe you're homeopathic doctors, but you're not going to, you know, believe somebody who's presumably an MD. What's going on here? I just, oh, it's all of this, man. And he feels so strongly about his homeopathic treatment that caused him to be immunized that when he was given the opportunity to identify what it was, he decided not to share that information. Uh, yes, I mean, Aaron, if this works, come on, man. Heal some people. Save some lives. Tell us what it is. What are you using? What did you do? You mix ketchup and toothpaste together? I said that earlier today, half jokingly, but who knows? What did you do? Tell us. Tell us. I mean, he relied on Joe Rogan and his advice to help him beat it now that he has it. Why won't he tell us what he did to get himself immunized? And I'm glad you mentioned the comments with the doctors, because at one point he claimed that during the appeal process, as he tries to get the league to regard his homeopathic ketchup and toothpaste mixture as fully and completely immunized. And just just I'm just kidding about ketchup and toothpaste. It may have been mustard and toothpaste. But he said that a oh, doctor told him this. What did mustard <laughs> do to you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, he, 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 sorry. Uh, 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 mayonnaise. Um, he said mayonnaise, yeah, that a doctor just... told him mayonnaise is awful. Miracle Whip's yeah. the same thing. I don't know why they don't call it. It's mayonnaise. Anyway, he uh, he said a doctor told him a doctor on behalf of the league that it's impossible to catch or spread COVID if you're vaccinated. And that was one of his, you know, boom roasted. This shows you how they're full of crap. So I asked the league, who, who told him? Who said it? Did they say it? Did somebody say it? I'd like to know. Because, you know, this guy isn't exactly having a great week when it comes to credibility. Then again, the NFL isn't exactly having a great month when it comes to credibility. So I don't know who I'm going to believe here. But I asked the league, tell me. And, you know, initially, and I think Mark Maskey of the Washington Post used it as league source. I wasn't going to use it without, without it being on the record. And I said to the league, I, 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 I want something on the record. Because I'm not going to rebut Aaron Rodgers as to what he said about the league with a source tells me that this is what happened. So I got authorization to go on the record. I, I still don't know how it happened, but I'm not going to complain about it any more than I already have. From the NFL on Aaron Rodgers regarding the claim that a doctor said that the vaccinated can't get or spread COVID. Here's the quote. No doctor from the league or the joint NFL NFLPA infectious disease consultants communicated with the player. If they had, they certainly would have never said anything like that. So again, I don't know who to believe here, but I'm not going to believe the guy who clearly wants to conceal the fact that he wasn't vaccinated and who is now scrambling to justify his decision so he doesn't descend further into the woke mob hot tub of shame. Yeah, well, that's the first thing that came to mind when he said that, oh, a doctor told me this. I just don't know what doctor would ever say something like that, because any doctor that I've seen on television, heard on the radio, listened to on a podcast that has any sort of credibility has never said anything like that throughout the entirety of this pandemic since we've had vaccines. It's never been about, oh, if you take this, you are guaranteed not to get it. No, it 
is you are drastically reducing your chance of serious illness and death. So that's what it's about. And I guess like, you know, I, I think about, you know, while people could be like, oh, why are you guys so angry? It's his personal decision to do this. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm angry about this because when you have somebody who is such a high profile player in this league, we're talking about the reigning MVP. This is somebody who we've talked about as being maybe the most talented player to ever throw a football before, right? And he gets on this platform and he just starts spewing misinformation when we're really trying so very hard to get out of this pandemic. I don't know anybody who still wants to live under these conditions of this pandemic still. And when you have something like this, this is what upsets me because he's intentionally spewing misinformation and it's going unchecked. And frankly, like I agree with you, it's not really on Pat McAfee to be, you know, big pro journalist guy. That's not who he is. He's, you know, and that's fine. But when you are just saying all of the different things that Aaron Rodgers said, yeah, it's going to make me a little bit upset because I know that he's got influence. And frankly, it's going to be a reason perhaps why we're going to keep being in this situation where we've all got to wear masks and we've all can't go to the grocery store without putting the thing over our face. And we've got to make sure we're vaccinated before we go any other place because... There are so many people who just don't want to get this shot that will drastically reduce the chances of serious illness or death. It's very, very frustrating to me just as a human being, Mike. And Miles, this is one of the reasons why the NFL Players Association was treading very lightly when people like Cole Beasley would complain about the union's role in agreeing to these protocols. Because again, this was agreed to by the union. Does not matter yes. if Aaron Rodgers never personally agreed to it, didn't sign a paper. The union did it for him. That was a very misleading comment by him. Sure or was. he just doesn't understand. Maybe he's not as smart as we think. Maybe Cal is overrated. Maybe he didn't realize that the union speaks for him on these agreements. But the union has been very careful about not agitating players because the union, in the interests of the broader public safety concerns that are at play here, does not want... What happened today? The union doesn't want a guy like Aaron Rodgers to go on a show and spout off for 50 minutes anti-vaccine rhetoric and say things that will cause people who are on the fence. And there are still people who are on the fence. And you hear Aaron Rodgers say what he said today and you decide, you know what? I'm never getting that vaccine. I stand with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not getting the vaccine. That's what's dangerous about what he did today. So, hey, I give him cre- I, I doubt I doubt that he lied about his status in August in the interest of not saying something that maybe would influence someone else to not get the vaccine. I think he just didn't want to be criticized, but we'd all be better off, frankly, if he wouldn't have tested positive, because then we wouldn't have had yeah. this conversation today from him spouting BS that could cost lives. And there's never going to be. A bright line. There's never going to be a trail of breadcrumbs. Back to what he said today. It's unprovable that the things he said today will kill someone. But haven't we learned enough since March of 2020 to know that the people who get this, the people who aren't vaccinated, the people who have other risk factors, and even some who don't, are at risk of dying over this. And the vaccine, it's not about keeping you from getting it or spreading it. It's about it keeping you from dying mm-hmm. and the anti-vaxxers never say that and I, I get emails all the time I still do I want to tell people I'm screwed 
I because hey, if if you ever convince me that you're right, I got to somehow get this stuff out of my bloodstream. It's too late for me. I've had three shots. Too late for me. <laughs> All right, let, let's hear from Aaron Rodgers with more of his complaints about the woke mob cancel culture media that is out to get him. Oh, that's us. And it was such a witch hunt. They, they wanted to out and shame and denigrate every single person who didn't immediately say, oh, yeah, I got the, you know, Pfizer. I got the Moderna, whatever. I, I wanted it to go away. I, I mean, everyone in the squad knew I was not vaccinated. Everyone in the organization knew I wasn't vaccinated. I wasn't hiding it from anybody. I was trying to minimize and mitigate having to have this conversation that would go on and on. And, and, and there were people in the media who somehow found out about it and, and been sitting on it for a couple months. Um, so it wasn't like this thing was just hidden until this week. Like people knew it and they sat on it. At some point I knew I was going to have to discuss it. And, you know, I was ready to discuss it. But the problem with this is it is so political. And health should not be political. For the media out there taking shots at me, like, you don't know my story, now you do. So quit lying about me. And personal health decisions, in my opinion, should be private. And they shouldn't have to be, like, gone through the ringer and over-scrutinized by, you know, people who are just pushing their own type of propaganda on the people and, and ideals. You want to have a conversation about it? I'm more than one to have a conversation about it. But bodily autonomy is a right. I think it's funny that he tells us to stop lying about him when all that we've said is he lied. That's all we said. Yeah. And now I know I know he, he somehow believes he didn't lie. Oh, exact words. All you had to do was ask me the follow-up question, which you exposed earlier is complete and total BS. The guy didn't want to say it because the guy didn't want to be criticized. It's that simple. Occam's yeah. razor. This guy is so sensitive. He's sensitive about being called sensitive. I'm sure I've mentioned this before. 60 Minutes profile from seven or eight years ago included a characterization of Aaron Rodgers as being sensitive. He got upset about that and said something about it. And the 60 Minutes response was essentially, see? See? Yeah. He is. <laughs> And I'm amazed he's lasted as long as he has in the NFL, given how clearly sensitive he is. It's amazing to me. But that's the root of all of it. He doesn't want to be criticized. He wants to be praised. He wants to have fame, notoriety, riches, and attention on his terms, with no one saying anything bad about him, no matter what he says, no matter what he does. I mean, well, Mike, he's lasted in the NFL this long because he doesn't get criticized that often because he's damn good. Right. Like most of the time when we talk about Aaron Rodgers before this year, it was like, wow, can you believe the throw that Aaron Rodgers made? Oh, my goodness. They're the why is Green Bay holding Aaron Rodgers back? Aaron Rodgers is so talented. If Aaron Rodgers had been with the Patriots, can you imagine what Bill Belichick would have done? These are the kinds of comments that we've always talked about when it comes to Aaron Rodgers before this year. And now, especially before something like this, where, you know, he's talking about this witch hunt. He's talking about this. He's talking about that. But I think, and this is what, you know, a lot of beat reporters were saying, and I frankly very much agreed with them when they were asking players about their vaccination status in August. A lot of it was about, hey, are you going to be available, right? That's what the question was. And frankly, it is an NFL beat reporter's job to report on availability. And so if it is something that could take you off the field, potentially, that's part of why it's inbounds. And no, it also is not HIPAA 
all right, for, you know, people to start asking about whether or not you're vaccinated. That's not what that is. So I think that there's just so much that he was saying there that's just trying to cover for his own uh, BS, right? Like his own excuses for why he did the things that he did, why he said the things that he said, why he's taking the actions that he has and why he hasn't taken the actions that he has. But mostly it was just all this justification stuff that's a bunch of gobbledygook and doesn't really mean anything. Look, he wanted to have it both ways, and he would have had it both ways if he hadn't tested positive. And availability is a key. That wasn't a question asked to him today by Pat McAfee or A.J. Hawk. And again, we're not faulting them because I like the fact that he goes there and says whatever he says so the rest of us can analyze it. Everybody's got a role in this, and their role yeah. is to give him the platform to speak, and I appreciate that. But there was no question asked about what impact this has on his team. And at what point, and here's the fair question, at what point do the concerns you have about the vaccine outweigh your desire to win? Because we hear all the time, it's about winning, 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 win at all costs. Guys line up out the door to get Toradol shots. They know the long-term effects of Toradol. They don't care. Why right. did you choose your personal health and well-being over what very well may be, Miles, a loss or two that keeps the Green Bay Packers from being the one seed in the NFC that keeps them from playing the NFC championship game at home that may keep them from going to the Super Bowl. And obviously, if you can't go to the Super Bowl, you can't win the Super Bowl. That, that's what it comes down to. And that's why we had that conversation. You're right. It's about right. availability. It's not we, we want we want to cancel someone. We want to know what players are going to be available and and which ones are putting winning above whatever concerns they may have about the vaccine. Well, not only that, but I think, you know, when he starts talking about I had an allergy to the mRNA vaccines and I shouldn't have had to reveal that. And then he talked about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and he said that it got pulled. And so that made it immediately out. And it's like, well, hold on, sir. It actually was paused for extra, extra, extra analysis because there were six people out of the millions and millions and millions of people who have been who have been administered that vaccine and they had a severe form of blood clots and so then the FDA they took a look at it and then they said all right you know what this is still safe for everybody to use and now i believe as of october mid october i was just reading it's been administered to 15 million people so when he start, starts talking about oh i did all this research i did all this research how's that for data all right we're talking about 6 out of 15 million are you kidding me so, like, let's not just act like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine was not something that was available to him and that he could have taken. He tried to act like it wasn't, but, like I said, if we're going to go by the entire timeline of this, right, like, by the time it was August, September, whenever it was, he could have taken that vaccine because it had been determined to be safe again by the FDA and the CDC, all right? So like, I just, that was another one of these misinformation things that really bothered me because for people who don't like needles, who don't like shots, that one shot J&J vaccine, that's a great option, right? And it still gives you a good amount of protection, okay? So this, this whole notion of that's not safe, it's not true. Last point real quick before we break, the notion that people in the media knew about it a couple of months ago and didn't report it. I knew about it. I couldn't nail it down. The Packers aren't going to tell me. The league isn't going to tell me. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, because he was asked at one point by A.J. Hawk, why do you think they didn't report it? And he, he gave a real quick answer and changed the subject. You know why they didn't report it? Because they would have been bullied by Aaron Rodgers if they had. Mm -hmm. They would have been called out by Aaron Rodgers if they had for violating 
his privacy and reporting true facts that go directly to his availability. That's what would have happened. And that was I admitted it yesterday on PFT Live. That was one of the factors for me. I don't need to have Aaron Rodgers up my ass in the middle of a football season when I've got 31 other teams I'm covering and he can get his own woke mob after me like that. Because he's got his followers are going to do his bidding, and he starts complaining about me, and I'm bombarded with complaints. I, I could tell you a story. I'll tell you a story during the break, Miles, about the Aaron Rodgers mob. Uh, but uh, we don't have enough time for me to get into it now. Let's take a break. When we return, Odell Beckham Jr. is out in Cleveland. Where will he land next? We'll discuss that on PFTPM. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Cleveland Browns announced today that Odell Beckham Jr. will be released. Haven't seen the transaction report today. I don't know if he officially was. They were working out the final details of a contract. There's a sweet spot there where the Browns reduce what they owe him, but the contract doesn't become so attractive that someone else will claim it on waivers. We'll be talking about that in a second. For now, here's Andrew Berry, GM of the Browns, talking about the infamous video posted by Odell Beckham Sr. that brought everything to a head earlier this week. To be honest, Scott, I don't know that this is it's this this really isn't about a video. Um, you know, it is about really a series of discussions. Um, you know, really certainly over the last week, uh, but even spanning back longer than that. And you know, at times I do think that there is a you know whether you want to call it a, a level of you know frustration that exists that just really makes it um, difficult to you know, have a productive. Um, you know, reconciliation. Yeah, look, I, I think now that we know the rest of the story and Mary Kay Cabot had some of the details earlier today, this has been lingering. This has been building. Odell Beckham Jr. has to be traded in the offseason. He has to be traded most recently after the Steelers game. I don't know why the Browns didn't just go ahead and trade him. I understand you're going to have to pay some of the salary. You're going to have to do it anyway now that you're cutting him. You're going to have to, you know, you're, you at least get a draft pick in response. Surely someone out there would have traded for him. The Saints were interested. I don't know why they just didn't declare the market open for Odell Beckham Jr. I wonder how many teams even were aware they had a shot at getting him. You know, you stoke the market. You build it. I think they preferred to keep everything under wraps. It's kind of the Aaron Rodgers stuff. We'd rather not everyone know what's going on because it potentially disrupts team chemistry, Miles. Oh, but he was coming off an ACL. So I don't know how much, you know, teams really, really would have been like, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, I really want Odell Beckham Jr. right now. And don't call me Shirley, by the way. So I, I just feel like there's like a lot of different elements that went into Odell Beckham Jr. being with the, the Browns and I almost called him the Rams. Jeez, my, I got my two teams confused. But there were a lot of different elements that I think were with Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns and how Kevin Stefan he probably really, really wanted to make this thing work because if you look at Odell Beckham Jr.'s first few seasons in the league, right, like this was a really, really hugely dynamic player. 
And that's something that the Browns offense definitely could have used. And I know I said it over the course of the offseason when you were talking about, hey, maybe the Browns should trade Odell Beckham Jr. I said, no, no, no. Let's see how he comes back off the ACL. Let's see how he works when Baker Mayfield really knows the offensive system here in 2021. Obviously, none of that worked. So, yeah, they probably should have at least tried to get something for him, like a conditional seventh. But I just, you know, you're coming off the ACL. He's also got the shoulder issue now. He just not really a tradable asset. And you factor that in with the salary that he had. It's like you're paying for somebody that really has not been all that productive, or at least the level of productive commiserate with the salary he was getting over the last couple of years. I, I don't know how much that the Browns even could have gotten for him in the first place. You know, that's a good point, but they didn't really try. And I think they chose chemistry over the distraction that would have come from having everyone know that he wanted out and they were looking to move him. And what did it do? They're four and four. So it's not like it it transformed the team in some way to keep that quiet. But maybe they'd be even worse if they would have had this extra distraction. Because look at how big a story it became the past three days. It would have been a huge story if at some point in the first eight weeks of the season, the Browns would have made it clear they were trying to trade Odo Beckham Jr. Or Beckham would have come out and said, I want out. He waited to make his public move through his dad and through LeBron James until Tuesday. And as of today, he's yet to officially get what he wants he wasn't on the wire for today so he hasn't officially been released yet it's possible that this new contract has to take root first and then after the contract's approved by the league they can cut him tomorrow before 4 p.m eastern and then i assume the waiver deadline would be monday at 4 eastern he could be on a new team as soon as tuesday whether or not he's claimed on waivers and i mentioned that earlier miles the conversation this week and the browns didn't have much leverage their leverage was We can keep you on the team. We just won't play you. But they have to let him show up for practice. They have to let him into the building. So the distraction is going to be there. We just will put your name first on the list of the inactive players every single game day. That was their leverage. And it apparently got him to agree to take less or to do something with his structure to reduce the negative impact on the Browns. And when I heard some of the salary being converted to signing bonus, that's for cap purposes. But what did they do to counterbalance that? Because the more the salary drops, the more attractive the contract becomes from a waiver claim standpoint. What kind of terms did they put in there? Poison pills, so to speak. A per-game roster bonus of $500,000 per game for every game that he's on the field. That would scare a team away from making a waiver claim, uh, a term that, that, that includes a gigantic balloon payment uh, if he's on the roster X day, whatever it is, there's ways to do it. I can't wait right. to see that contract because I, I, I'm assuming they worked out something that, number one, reduces Cleveland's financial obligation, but number two, gives Odell what he wants, no claim on waivers, and he becomes a free agent for the first time in his career. Right, right. I mean, Andrew Barry is a smart guy, another IFL Ivy League graduate, so, and as is, you know, Kevin Stefanski. So I feel like there's some smart guys in that Browns front office. They can figure out the type of poison pill that they need to put in that contract so that he doesn't get claimed on waivers. But, I mean, listen, if there's a team that's like, you know, say you're Detroit, right, and you're 0 and 7, 0 and 8, whatever they are right now, and they want to win. They just want to get a win in some way. And they look at that contract and they say, oh, well, 
we got enough cap room anyway. Like, let's just eat it. Let's just see. Why not? Nothing else we've done has worked so far. How angry would you be if you're Odell Beckham Jr. and you just got out of the Browns and now you're going up uh, up 80 to Detroit? Man, that's not probably going to be a fun trip for you. Hey, I want the Giants to claim him on waivers. People ask me what I root for. I root for a great yeah, story. Funny. No story better than Dave Gettleman making a waivers claim on the contract that he negotiated <laughs> with Beckham just months before he traded him to the Browns. We didn't pay Odell to trade him. One of the great lies. That That's what Aaron Rodgers should have said today. Who cares if I lied? They all lie. They all lie yeah. for strategic reasons. I lied for strategic reasons. We need to take a break. But, but by the way, before we go, I can't let this moment pass without pointing out that I was very impressed how you did the midstream steer away from referring to Andrew Barry as a fellow Ivy League grad in reference to you, and you pushed it toward Kevin Stefanski. You had that moment of humility that just kind of crept in. Very well done. Very deft. Very adroit, Miles. I like it. By the way, do you know I used to be a lawyer? Uh, did, anyway, yeah. let's take a break. I'm using those kinds uh, of words. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll take a break. Uh, right. A quick update on the Washington football team investigation when PFTPM continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Fifteen days ago, Congress asked the NFL for more information about the Washington football team investigation, how the league handled it, and how the league handles non-disclosure agreements. The... NFL responded yesterday. Today, a couple of statements came out from the committee, the U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee, pushing the NFL for greater transparency. The NFL says that it is trying to comply, that it's looking at documents. There are issues of attorney-client privilege, although I'm not quite sure what they are because the lawyer here was hired to do an investigation, not give anyone legal advice, so that may fail. And the idea that anonymity of the people who came forward would prevent disclosing documents is a little bit specious, frankly, because the NFL's already told me those 650,000 emails were unrelated to the Washington football team investigation. So this is going to be a tug of war. It's political. There's going to be statements. There's going to be claims. There's going to be contentions. And the question becomes, does Congress eventually push this with subpoenas, with testimony? How aggressive will Congress be? There are many of these investigations every year by congressional committees. How many of them actually become full-blown hearings, events, big deals? That remains to be seen. That's what the NFL is trying to avoid, though, Miles. Of course. Well, and it's funny, Mike, you know, this is something that is actually political. You know, we keep talking about all of these different things that and people say they're political, like how Aaron Rodgers has made the vaccine thing political. Right. Like and yes, I think that that has some merit now. But like this actually is politics. We're talking about Congress here and Congress getting involved with subpoenas potentially and all these different things that they can use in order to procure these documents. So, yeah, I am really curious as to see where exactly this is going to go, 
because they want transparency from the NFL and they want to get to the bottom of what these different investigations were all about and how they came to the conclusions that they came to. And frankly, whether or not there was a hostile workplace and what that hostile workplace looked like. I think that those things should be exposed. They should be public. And I hope Congress takes this as far as they possibly can so we get some transparency out of it. Yeah, I agree, and we'll see how it plays out. It is something that is going to linger, I think, for a while. The NFL understands how this works. They've got legal counsel that deal with these investigations. They've got the resources to handle it their way, and their way is to preserve their ability to keep everything quiet and to keep everything secret. There are similarities between the way the NFL is handling the Washington football team investigation and the way Aaron Rodgers had hoped to handle his vaccination status. The less they say, the better for them. So we'll see how that plays out. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll focus on week nine. There are football games, bright, shiny objects to distract us from all of these other issues. It's been a crazy week for the NFL, but it culminates in Sunday's games. We'll talk about what we're looking forward to seeing when PFTPM continues right after this. Matt, sorry to ask you this because I know you said you didn't hear a lot of the radio interviews. Then don't ask it, Lance. (laughs) Ask something about the Kansas City Chiefs or our football team. I'm not going to answer anything else. The the only thing I wanted to ask, and and you can answer obviously all you want, is he said he took ivermectin, and obviously I don't even know what I don't I don't know what that. that I don't even know what that word or term is. So, I mean, I don't know what you're trying to get get for me. Uh, I was just going to ask, as, as far as like the team doctor or, or team officials, are you okay with alternative medicine, you know, or whatever, as opposed to what the, what the team or the doctor recommends? Yeah, I I have no thought on that right now. I just I told you guys earlier, my thought lies with our team and finding a way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Most likely, no. (laughs) Matt LaFleur, wearing his own Marty McFly life preserver in honor of the 66th anniversary of the discovery of time travel by Dr. Emmett Brown. I'm sure he'd like to. I got to interject here. Okay. So this is actually pretty funny. So obviously, Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator of the Rams in 2017. There was a time where he and I saw each other in the lobby of the team hotel, and we were both wearing the same blue vest that I was wearing the other day, the same exact one. So Matt LaFleur's got style, man. There's nothing wrong with the, the Marty McFly vest, okay? Well, he definitely had style today as it relates to making it clear with uh, – uh, he was doing the best he could to refrain from maybe using curse words or coming. You know, yes. he knows they're, they're being they're being videotaped and everything they say can and will be used against them. But he wasn't happy with it. Hey, it's your guy who did it. And it's your team that let him do it. Remember, he said yesterday, I think it was in the football space, all the protocols were complied with. Well, but they weren't complied with in the media space. And I don't care about that. Well, now you do or at least you should. And the reason you're being asked these questions, the reason you're not going to have your starting quarterback is because you let this guy do basically whatever he wanted to do. All right, what can't we wait to see for Week 9? You're up first. Oh, well, speaking of the Packers and that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, I can't wait to see Jordan Love's first start, man. That is going to be something very interesting, especially because the Chiefs' defense is bad. 
All right. It's bad. And I know Aaron Jones, he went on the podium the other day and he was talking about how the Chiefs have a great defense. That is just to prevent himself from giving them some billboard material. All right. The Chiefs defense is bad. I think we all know that. So can Jordan Love perform well against that kind of defense? You know, can they run the ball well to make it a little bit easier for him? If he goes out and he performs well, like maybe does that make them more inclined to give him a second straight start? Because got to remember Aaron Rodgers isn't even eligible to return to the building until the day before they play the Seahawks. If he plays well and then he gets another start, do we have a quarterback controversy in green Bay? I don't know, Mike, it's going to be fun. And I don't know which is better if he plays really well or if he plays horribly and the Packers realize they better find a way to keep Aaron Rodgers happy and get him to come back next year. I can't wait to see Vaughn Miller running around wearing number 40 for the L.A. Rams. Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch's number retired unofficially for decades. Now it's back in circulation. How's he going to be on that team? How's it going to go? And by the way, I've noticed the Rams jersey over your shoulder. Um a, a, a belated a belated birthday gift the other side a belated yeah. birthday gift yeah, that we is, arranged by or and, and let, let me tell you it was a long process ordering the jersey waiting for it to show up with our friend artist twyman with the rams who took it to jalen ramsey to sign and i initially wanted him to sign it i will get off your lawn because of the single digit that was the plan because that was the whole reason. Because we know you hate single digits. I wanted him to sign it. I will get off your lawn. But Jalen doesn't do that. And that's fine. He signed it and we got it to you eventually. Happy uh, 30th plus about six weeks. Oh, thank you. No, I mean, it's mostly, it's like 30 plus five weeks. But I appreciated the gift. Yes. And it will definitely be interesting to see if Von Miller is going to be out there. You know, he's got, he's going to be a game time decision. Sean McVay said today with that ankle injury that kept him also out of the last game um, for the Broncos. So, but I'm going to go to the other sideline for my next can't wait to see. And it's going to be Adrian Peterson playing for the Tennessee Titans because I think we all know just how important Derrick Henry is for that offense. Thank you and Chris Sims were saying earlier this week, right? Like he's one of the most indispensable players from that team, from a unit. So if you have now Adrian Peterson, who arguably used to be that with the Minnesota Vikings, and he is like, what, 157 years old and running back age is not like, 200, you know, he's basically Methuselah out there. Can he actually be effective enough for the Titans to still run their offense? They're supposed to have Julio Jones back this week. I think A.J. Brown is questionable. Those two guys on the outside are great, but everything starts with the run game for Tennessee. So can Adrian Peterson be that dude again? I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Do you, do you know how, how long Methuselah lived? I don't. I just know, if, you know, the expression is older than Methuselah. You just, you just 969 years. Yeah, Methuselah well, made it nice. to 969. I think they had a slightly different calendar in the olden times. <laughs> uh, 969. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what the condition of the skin would be at 969. Anyway, uh, last one for me on as we wrap this up today. I want to see how Trevor Simeon plays. He's going to start for the Saints this weekend against the Falcons, not Taysom Hill. That kind of surprises me because Hill was 4-1 and one last year as the starter when Drew Brees was injured, and they haven't, Miles, been using Taysom Hill as much as a jack-of-all-trades as I think they should. Maybe they'll use him more extensively. I think they're going to have to in order to really defeat the teams that they, you know, especially going forward, not just this week. If you've got Trevor Simeon out there, you know that he's kind of a limited QB, right? We've proven that. So we'll see yep. what he does this weekend. Well, the woke mob wins. We've been canceled until Monday. See you then. Enjoy the weekend.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.